Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Just Browsing. Matthew, along with Zach today, and we're going to be talking some football. We're going to hit a little bit on the college uh, football playoff slash national championship, as well as the NFL playoffs, as we now have our conference um, games set, and they will be played, let's see, probably three days while you're listening to this, so we're all get along together in rooting against the Chiefs. <laughs> um, but yeah, starting with college, Michigan with their first national championship since I believe it was 97, if I'm not mistaken, 96 or 97. Something like that, yeah. Um, with a pretty dominating performance over Washington. So it was Michigan-Alabama in the Rose Bowl, and... Um, Washington, Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. And the Michigan-Alabama game was probably the most entertaining bowl game that I had watched all bowl season. Um, fun game. <sighs> Not sad, but kind of sad. It's the end of the Nick Saban era, and that's how you see him go out with a bobbled snap on fourth and goal from the four, especially not knowing that that's the end of the Nick Saban era, but at the same time, like fuck Alabama. So <laughs> we like, we, we might be able to move on from the Alabama franchise and like yeah. welcome in some new blood into the college football playoff. Yeah. So the last time listeners of this podcast heard us talking college football, I think the college football playoff was set. Um, and we were probably going into bowl season, or maybe it was sometime during bowl season. We I did can't a remember. bowl. We did a bowl. Yeah. I think there were a couple games that had been played, but we did yeah. like a bowl preview. Yeah, so th- that was kind of the last time we, we talked college football. So we wanted to get back, and this episode kind of put a pin in the college season for 2023-2024. So like Matt said, you know, the, the results – I mean, obviously there was a whole slew of bowl games. My New Mexico State Aggies unfortunately lost the New Mexico Bowl to Fresno State. Although I was in attendance of that game. That was fun. Um, but, yeah, so for the playoff games, um, you know, like you said, on New, on New Year's Day, it was Michigan-Alabama. That was the one-versus-four matchup. It went into overtime. Really exciting game. I honestly thought both of the games on New Year's Day, both the playoff games were really exciting. Well, um, Washington-Texas wasn't that exciting, and then the end of the game got, it got exciting. really the like, end, yeah. holy shit. So that one ended up – so like I said, Michigan beats Bama 27-20 in overtime to advance to the national title game. And then Washington beats Texas 37-31 um, to advance to the title game against Michigan. So I, I think way back when we were making our predictions, um, I was picking Michigan over Bama mainly just because I hated Bama, not because I thought that was necessarily going to happen. And then I also picked Texas over Washington. I was kind of pulling for Texas in that game, but – um, I don't have anything against Washington. I like Washington, and um, I have a little bit of like Pac-12 loyalty just because Sam went to ASU, so I've watched a lot of Pac-12 football. So, I mean, really either of those two teams going like wasn't going to upset me. Um, I thought one of my big takeaways from especially that playoff matchup between Washington and Texas was Michael Penix Jr. looked flat-out amazing in that game. Like that guy – I think I texted you guys that evening after that game was over, and you replied something like, he should have won the Heisman. And yeah, I was he, like, he should have. Yeah, I mean, after watching that game, I mean, obviously, you know, I knew that he was a Heisman Trophy finalist. I had been watching periodically I think he throughout, the, yeah, throughout the season, and like his, his stats were like undeniable. But watching him in that game was unreal. Like, he was playing at an, a fucking elite level. Yeah. Like, the, and I'm just talking like, you know, we, we've kind of talked about on this podcast before, like stats versus like the eye test. 
and a lot of guys will put up really good stats, but they, you know, there's other players in the league who maybe based on the eye test you think might be a little bit better or whatever, more athletic, whatever, more clutch, however you can define that. Michael Penix Jr., in that game especially, the the plays that he was making, like with just with the eye test, were unreal. The throws that he was making down the field, like these deep bomb throws that were just on a fucking rope and like exactly right. where they needed to He's be. He's such a precise like pinpoint passer. accuracy. It was insane. Like I, my one takeaway from that game was I was like, this dude is really, really, really fucking good. And like you said, probably could I, have, I should he, have won the Heisman. I think he trophy. should have beat Jane Daniels for the Heisman. And but that's again, it comes down to like some people would be like, well, look at the team he has around him. Look at this. Look at that. And I'm like, yeah, but look at his defense got exposed when they played Michigan. Michigan had more rushing yards than Washington had total yards. Yep. And it's like, you know, obviously we can have our own personal opinions and stuff like that, but I I think he should have won. And I think just the way he plays, like he's just calm, cool, collected. Like yeah. he steps up in the pocket and just will zing it. And it's it's on target. Yeah. It's coming in hot. His accuracy was blowing my mind. Well, in my my latest mock draft, I have the Broncos taking him at 12. I would be super stoked about that. That'd be awesome. But again, it's one of those like they don't think he's gonna be. They they might find him in the second round, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um, one thing that I wanted to add um, as well is, well, going to the national championship game, I didn't think he played nearly as well as he did in that Texas game. But that's not to say that he didn't that he, that he played badly. Like he just played so well in that Texas game that. The national title game was a little bit of like you could, and I think he was banged up. Um, oh, yeah. One thing also that I didn't know, I don't know if they were showing this before the national title game or if it was before that playoff game against Texas, but he has fought his way through like three season ending injuries in his college football right, career. All at Indiana. That's yeah. what makes me like nervous to draft him with the first round pick. That is true. That's, that's, that's some of concern. the concern. Yeah, is like. He's really injury prone, and I mean, I I, didn't, I had no idea that I think he it was even two torn ACLs and yeah. then uh, a shoulder injury and a, and a fucked up shoulder. Yeah, all of them were like season ending. Like you know, it was one of those things where you blow out your ACL, you rehab for like a fucking whole year, you come back and then you fucking blow it out again. Plant your and foot, it's like, yeah. So you you feel really bad, and I, I played with guys in college that were the same way that would would tear their ACL, would rehab, work hard, get themselves back in shape, get themselves back on the field, and then that next season tear their ACL again or maybe on the opposite knee it's like fuck like some some guys just can't catch a break but you know that dude when he's healthy is an incredible talent and I think in the um, national title game I don't know if there was much talk after the game or like confirmed status regarding his injuries but it looked like he had he sustained some rib injuries and stuff because he, he was he like got hit pretty hard he got hit them. really hard a couple times and he was towards the end of that game he was looking really like tender when he would throw the ball and stuff and I think that was affecting some of his accuracy and some of his power so that was kind of I think that played a factor into his play down the stretch and then Michigan's ability to win that game but also to your point earlier Michigan ran the football all over Washington and Washington's defense got exposed yeah like it was uh, you could definitely tell that up front Michigan was just dominating yeah their front five was better than it was it was just flat out better like uh, what's um, JJ McCarthy? I was gonna say what's Michigan's quarterback's name? Um, he didn't really have to do anything in that game. Like he, if you look at his stats, he didn't really throw the ball that much because they didn't he, have. He to. had a they few just, big plays though when they needed it. Yeah, but yeah. dude, Blake Corum and I can't remember who their other running back were. Were just gashing him. Just I think at gashing. halftime they had like two hundred and two rushing yards or something yeah. like that, and it was just. 
One, then as a quarterback, right, and and I'm a big, you it's know. Donovan Edwards is the other guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. They each finished that game with two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns each. Well, but you got to think, too, as a, a college team, like Washington could put up points and they could do it quickly. Mm-hmm. But if you have to put up points and you have to do it quickly, you have to rely on your defense to get a stop. Right. And they couldn't. They just couldn't do it. And Michigan yep. was able to just control the clock with running mm-hmm. the ball. And that's the best thing. If you can run a football, you should win the majority of the games. Yep. And Michigan was just able to – they won using power football. And, you know, we've gotten, we've gotten away from, you know, a lot of run-heavy offenses to this spread it out, sling it for 500 yards and six touchdowns and win a game – you know, 56 to 48 yeah. instead of the like, hey, we just won a game 17 to 7. Right. But we ran the ball and we controlled the clock. Like, right. we didn't have big flashy plays, mm-hmm. but we just controlled the clock. And Michigan hit those big flashy plays, but they were run runs. Like, yep. they weren't designed to be, you know, right. a deep ball. It was just, they would just break bang, out a run. You hit for the hole and then yards. you yeah. break a tackler too and you're gone. Yep. And it was just like, Washington, if you can't stop that, there's no reason to put the ball in J.J. McCarthy's hands. Yep. He's well, going to get carried by his O-line and his his running backs, yeah. and he's going to be perfectly okay with that. I would be. Yeah. I'd be like, all i got to do is hand the ball off. <laughs> I'll hand the ball off hand all the, the way off. to a national title. Hand the ball off. Like, thank you. <laughs> these fuckers are doing yeah. it. Like, we're fucking doing well, it. And, and to your point, it, when you're able to control the line of scrimmage that much and you're able to your, – your, your front five are just dominating that much, you're able to just run the ball down the other team's throat – you got two things going for you. Not only are you just steadily gaining yards and marching your way down the field and then punching it in each time, but you're also burning so much time off the clock, which consequently is keeping the other team's high-powered offense off the field right. for long. And you're wearing so you, down their defense. Yeah, so, so you're just the next you, time you're on the field, they're yeah, tired it, and you're you're exactly. amped up because yeah. playing as an offensive lineman and you were a tight end. It felt good when we ran the ball. Yeah, we're yep. exerting more energy than when we were pass blocking, but it's like, but like when things you're are trusting firing us, on all cylinders, it's nice. When you run the ball as an offensive lineman, yeah. you're like, it's me doing the work, right? Yeah. We make the hole for the running back. He hits it. Yeah, he works hard for the yards, but we make holes. Like, yeah. it gives us a chance to go smash mouth and just, you know, push put our will on people, and so it gives them confidence. And as a defense, you're like, man. We got to get tired. You're getting deflated. I'm exhausted. Now we're missing tackles. They're breaking tackles, and gives them more energy. And you're like, it's just kind of a yeah. Just get tired. Yeah. And then nope. So that was that was really the story of that game. Um. So hats off to Michigan. Um. You know, I I kind of the same thing I was saying about the the Texas Washington game. I didn't really have a dog in the fight per se with Michigan. Well, see, I picked Michigan Washington to be in the championship game. Okay. And then I picked Washington to win cuz I thought Washington's offense was going to be able to break through yeah. Michigan's defense. And I thought their defense would be able to hold, but then yeah, the the first series where I'm pretty sure it was like 65 yards of rushing, I was yeah. like, ah. <laughs> You're like, "Ooh, shit. Not a good start. <laughs> not a good start." Yeah, I was I was texting uh I think it was like a Darian and King and all those guys and I think a Darian was like it was like like you said, that that point like right after the first couple possessions of Michigan, where it was like, "Holy fuck, they're just running it all over him." He was like, "He was like, man, I uh, I was wanting to bet the house on Washington right before this game started." He's like, "I'm glad I held off on that." I was like, "Yeah, that would have been a mistake. That's not looking good so far." And it that never changed the whole course of the game. That just you know, Michigan just fucking dominated up front and and kept it going. So. I mean, hats off to Michigan. Congrats on the national title. I think um, you won't be pa- back though because Harbaugh's apparently. I was just about to say, about so I have to go to the Chargers. Yeah, I, I think the the next um, segue here is to talk about the coaching situations of both Michigan and Bama. 
because since the college football season has wrapped up and since the NFL regular season has wrapped up, we've seen a ton of coaching changes, retirements, as, as you'd firings. Yeah. So there's been a lot going on, and we'll get to the NFL stuff here in a minute, but I wanted to touch on um, Harbaugh potentially leaving Michigan. And I think, you know, I was talking with Caleb the other day. He's a big Michigan guy. And I was like, look, especially with these several NFL head coaching vacancies that we're seeing right now that just coincided with the end of that college football regular season and NFL regular season, now is as good a time as any for Harbaugh to leave because you got a few things going for you. One, you're just coming off of a national title. That's the whole stated purpose that you wanted to right. accomplish while you were at Michigan for the last you know 10 years or upwards of 10 years. You have all these NCAA investigations and scandals and all this stuff kind of hanging over you. A lot of uncertainty around what sort of punishments might be coming down the pike next season. And three... There's NFL teams without a head coach right now, and that's where you want to be, presumably. That's where a lot and of people are guessing pocket. you're going to be. They have a deeper pocket. I mean, all of those three things, to me, are like surefire green flags for Harbaugh to be like, I'm out of here, Michigan. Thank you for the last 10 years. I would glad, also, glad I was able to bring your national title. I'm going to go coach in the NFL. See ya. I think I would also, maybe this is just my opinion, I think there's less pressure to perform in college or uh, in the NFL than in college because in college you you go in with you know Alabama's not going to change like their fan base and boosters and everybody they're not going to change that they should be a national championship contender every year now that Saban's gone they're going to sit there and be like no we should be able to compete for a national championship even with the boar who so yeah jumping into that real quick you have the Washington head coach Mm -hmm. went over to Bama so DeBoer's now down following, there in Alabama. Following Saban's retirement. So it's just like his expectations there, though, immediately are you better be able to compete. Because, one, I wouldn't want to follow Nick Saban. Yeah. Those are some uh, big a, shoes to fill. Those are some big shoes, like historic shoes to fill. Yeah. And they're going to be tough, but let's be real. I mean, Saban, I think, said he's going to stick around and be, you know, he'll be there. Apparently, they're building him an office at the stadium. He's not going to be, you know, involved with the football team. But if they ask for, like, you know, if the coaches ask for help, you know, he's like, just come over to my office. He'll be in one of those, like, consultant positions right. or whatever they usually right. call it. Well, and I think they said that he's going to work with the university to help the university in any way he can. Okay. So he's, he's going to stay there. I think he's just ready to just. Now he's going to be like an Alabama spokesman or something. Right. He, yeah. He's ready to just be like, I don't fucking deal with football. Yeah, I have yeah. no clue what they're doing in that building. Yeah. I, I'm over at the stadium, which they don't come to. But, like, yeah. And I'm like. All right, good for you, but at the same time, like fuck Alabama. So, um, <laughs> I think you and I are both probably on the same page, and I think a lot of people are in insofar as like, hats off to Nick Saban. He is arguably the greatest college football head coach in the history of the sport. What he has accomplished in his time at Bama is like will maybe never get topped, but also. You know, you, you, I can simultaneously acknowledge that and breathe a collective sigh that he's retired and he's leaving, and Bama right. is probably still going to be a national powerhouse, but maybe not playing in the national title game every other year like they kind of right. have been. I, I think they'll be a top twelve team now that we're going to a twelve team playoff. Yeah. Do I think yeah. that they're going to be able to make it into that? Probably. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't doubt you it. Would, you would think, especially um, with an expanded playoff field, and you have a coach who just took Washington in two years up there, like. Yeah. As long as he can try and maintain recruiting. And now that's the the one thing too. 
Um, one one of the things I saw, Alabama's behind because now when Nick Saban retires, all the Bama players jump in the portal, but yep. all the other schools, you know, like CU is one of the biggest ones as far as you know hitting the transfer portal. They got to pick who they wanted to come in, uh-huh. and if those kids wanted to sign, then they sign. Alabama, Michigan, Washington, Texas are all like sitting on the wings, going like, <laughs> like what if Sarkeesian left Texas to go to Alabama? How many people from Texas were going to enter the portal? Right. So Alabama just had this big exodus of people. They had a mass exodus. There's, and there's been a, there's been simultaneously guys who were already at Bama hitting the transfer portal and going elsewhere, and high school recruits right. who had previously committed decommitting and committing right. somewhere else. Because now they can decommit if they've right. signed because the coaches changed. Right. And but like CU. They're, you're not going to be able to decommit because of a coaching change. So right. I think you lose eligibility for this upcoming year if you decommit after already signing. So now if Harbaugh leaves Michigan, who knows who's all going to leave from Michigan? Right. And it becomes one of these things that it's like, now Michigan's going to be behind the eight ball. Do I think both Alabama and Michigan's recruiting is probably like, you still get to go play for Alabama and Michigan. I was going to say, that's... That's been the kind of thought in the back of my head this whole time since Saban announced his retirement, where you've been seeing these announcements every day from ESPN, like so-and-so's transferring to another school, whatever, from Bama. I'm like, if I'm a high school commit who had already committed to Bama, or if I'm on the squad at Bama and I think I'm going to be playing a lot next year, it's still Alabama. You're still in the like, SEC. You're still in the SEC. You're still probably the top team, if not the top two, beside behind Georgia, maybe. Yeah. In the SEC, you're going to be playing in giant bowl games, if not college football playoffs slash national title games, every year, every other year. Like just because Saban leaves does not mean that t- that whole program is necessarily just going right. to you know the void of Alabama. Shambles. Just, like, I mean, <laughs> like, we all hope it does. But. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are hoping for that, but let's be realistic. That's probably not going to be how that goes. No, that's, They're still they, going to be have, a national powerhouse. They so, have such a good foundation, and this whole – I mean, I think one of um, Saban's biggest priorities that I, I think he'll truly have an impact with is the whole NIL deals. Yeah. Because he's been a huge advocate for slash against it. He's for it, but he's against – being able to be like, hey, we're going to give this quarterback ten yeah. million dollars out of a collective. Like he's he's against this whole. We're going to pay players. I think he's just he's, to come. His sentiments are kind of it's gotten a little bit out of hand, which right. I think is probably accurate. I think he's probably right about that. Yeah, I mean, do I think the players deserve to be paid? Sure, especially for their name, image, and likeness. Yeah, I yeah. you know if if a car company wants to use you as a face and then they want to give you a fifty thousand dollar car. Or a Lamborghini because you won the Heisman, you should probably be able to get that and not have any repercussions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm not against that, but do I think that a 17 year, 18 year old kid who hasn't played a single snap for a school <laughs> should be guaranteed ten million dollars to play for that yeah, school? Seems pretty silly. No, I've been hearing that Marvin Harrison Jr. had a 25 million dollar offer to stay at Ohio State for one more year. Wow, that's 25 million. That's that's more money than he's going to make on his. Rookie contract. I was going to say, that's better than any contract he's going to sign right off the bat. So it becomes one of those, well, shit, I can make more money. Like, what if I tear my ACL, but I still have all this NIL money? Right. You're you're fine. Because that's usually the dilemma with guys that are going to be, you know, drafted in the first couple rounds in the NFL. Their last one or two years of eligibility, they're like, well, do I stay or and maybe bowl try and win a bowl or game? Or do I, yeah, exactly. Do I sit out this bowl game or do I, you know, not risk it and go get drafted right. and have the money. And that, that way, if I get hurt, at least I have much money. Well, now 
that whole argument is kind of out the window because, like you said, if you're getting offered twenty five million to still just pay college football, you're like, well, shit. Now I get the best of both worlds. I can right. stay here, try and win a national title, and I'm still making a lot of money. Right. If I get hurt and it's not severe, I still go to the NFL draft. Still, yeah, just try My for the stats NFL don't change from later. last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's it's getting ridiculous. But then you also have to you factor in basketball and baseball and softball and volleyball and soccer. You know, you have to bring in all these other sports. That it's like college isn't just football, mm-hmm. and it's just getting out of control. And I think that's what Saban will probably spend some time with is trying to figure that out for the NCAA because I think he – like I said, he's for it because Alabama's got a lot of money. they got mm-hmm. a lot of booster money to come. And then he's kind of like, well, wait a second. That kind of takes away the purpose of college sports. Right. Like you're supposed to technically be an amateur and you're not. It's just kind of turned into like an NFL like G League. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Basically is what and it is. Yeah. Brandon always brings up he goes, We should just the NCAA should just get rid of like you don't have to go to college, it's just like a G League. And I'm like, Yeah, but that takes away the purpose of what it's supposed to be. I'm like, there's a reason it's college football and it's associated with a university or a college is because you represent a school. Well, and you're usually between the ages of 18 and 22 it's, or something, right. you know? Like, it's not the Boulder Buffaloes. We don't want some guy who's 30. Right, who, Terrell like, Owens trying to make a comeback <laughs> who at never, like 48. Yeah, who, who, who never made it in the NFL is like, oh, I'm going to go play for Ohio State. That'd be that'd be pretty weird. So it's just it becomes like a, one of those – like it's just, it's been it's going to be a sports dilemma until they, we can figure it out. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm happy Saban's gone. Is it a sad day for college football? Eh. If you're a Bama fan, sure. Yeah. Yeah, the legacy and void of him is going to be missed in college football for sure. I think we'll see a lot more of him, though. Um, Harbaugh leaving, I wouldn't have any thoughts. I've heard he's going to go to the Chargers, and it's more or less a set, done deal. Hmm. But now I hear Pete Carroll possibly going to the Chargers. Oh, interesting. It's like either way, I think the Broncos are okay against them. We just got to get our quarterback figured out. And... Bill Belichick, I've heard, is going to the Falcons. That's the word on the street. I've also heard he's on a second interview with the Chargers, too, I think. So I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't even know who Carolina's interviewing. So do you want to just use this as our segue into the NFL? Yeah, let's just segue into the NFL coaching changes real quick. Let's do the coaching changes first, and then we'll talk about the playoffs. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, kind of to what we've alluded to. I mean, so other than Belichick and the New England Patriots, quote unquote, agreeing to part ways which is so right before that we're gonna terminate your contract but it's a mutual agreement (laughs) to end your employment here we were chatting about this a little bit towards the end of the season with Taya's dad chuck who's a huge patriots fan has been for a long time and i was like so what do you what do you think is going to happen at the end of this year because you know in the middle of this season there was these talks that like oh belichick might retire at the end of the season but then there was like these this rumor that he had signed this extension with the Patriots in the middle of the year. And it's like, so what What the fuck's going on? Is he staying? Is he leaving? I don't understand what's happening. And he's like, if he leaves, it's not going to be a situation of like the New England Patriots have fired Bill Belichick. It's right. going to be they have agreed to part ways. Right. And so that's what I was telling one of my coworkers. I was like, I guarantee you if he does leave, the verbiage you're going to see on all the headlines and the articles is going to be you know, New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick have quote unquote mutually agreed to part ways. And sure enough, that's exactly what it was. Cause it's like out of respect for what he's done for that franchise right. for the last 20 plus years, I think 20, they're, 
three? Yeah, they're not just going to be like, you're fired. You know, it's like, dude, you won us well, six Super Bowls. He's got such a good relationship with Robert Kraft, yeah. too. Like, those guys go back a long way. He's brought that franchise six Super Bowls. He's brought them nothing but winning seasons for fucking 20 years, really until the until last, Brady like, three. Left. Yeah. So they're, like, we all knew that that was how that was going to go. Now, the thing is, like, it's going to be so fucking weird to see him coaching a different team, like to see him I can't coaching tell you how happy I am the Atlanta Falcons or something. Like, how fucking weird is that going to be seeing Bill Belichick on the sidelines of a different franchise? It's the same with Pete Carroll. Same thing like, with Pete Carroll. He's and theirs he's was been actually with Seattle for a long yeah, time. Theirs was actually a similar thing. Um, right, he a mutually agreed to agreed be uh, to part ways uh, or whatever. But he then he like agreed to be stay behind and be like an analyst or yeah. You know, someone that helps around but isn't right. like you know heavily involved. And then now I'm hearing he wants to be a head coach. So that was, that's interviews. interesting to me that you that you said that because it's like on both of their parts because neither of them are young men. Like no, they're both seventy. Well, those two and Nick Saban are all seventy two when they decided. Yeah, I was going to say all of this went down. Which, by the way, uh, Pete Carroll looks the fucking best out of all three of those guys. That guy, if you just looked at him on the sideline of an NFL game, you'd be like, he's in his fifties. Yeah. He's like fucking uh, I mean, seventy two. He, he's, he's, he's active. Dude looks great for his age. I'll I'll say that. Uh but him and Belichick both, especially Belichick, it kind of surprises me that he's not just retiring. And I guess the only reason that he's not just retiring is that he just eats, sleeps, and breathes football and he feels like he has more to offer and doesn't want to give what it up yet. Do? And he's like I, it's not like I'm athletically can't perform anymore. It's all I do is just – it's all up here in my right. brain. And if I still have it up here, what else do I want to do with my life? You know, like this is what I do like, and this is what I have done for my entire fucking life. Play yeah. with my dogs. He's like, going to no, be bored. I, I wanna... So that's probably what he's thinking. Yeah. He's, he's oh, just yeah. like, you know what? If, if my time's run its course with the Patriots – Oh well, that sucks, but it was a good run. I'm gonna go keep coaching. I'm not done. And so it's like, okay. It seems surprising to me, but like, you know, for a guy like that, not really all I that mean, surprising. Well, he's seventy two, so he's probably been around football for the last fifty five ish yeah. years. He's probably he's probably been coaching in some capacity in football for like yeah, like fifty years. Yeah. So <laughs> which it's is one, fucking wild. Yeah, so it's, it becomes one of those things where, you know, and you can see like all these health articles, they're like you know, I, I watched a video of this lady. She smokes like three cigarettes a day and drinks two Dr. Peppers every day. She's like 103 years old. And she goes, I've been doing this shit for like 74 years. <laughs> I drink two Dr. Peppers a day and I smoke three cigarettes or whatever. Precisely those amounts? Not yeah. No more, yeah. no less? And, and oh, she goes, my, I talked with my doctor and he goes, if you literally stop doing what you're doing, you can keep eating, doing, you know, switching your diet up. But if you don't drink the Dr. Peppers or smoke your cigarettes, you will die because your body's not going to understand. Yeah, now it's so used what to you've it. done yeah. for the past sixty years. Yeah. All of a sudden is off, and your body's going to go into a weird panic mode. Uh -huh. And you're and too you're fucking gonna, old for that. Right, you're yeah. not going to survive yeah. it. How fucking crazy! <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's the same thing. Think about like they tell people don't retire if you enjoy what you're doing. Like, just keep right. working, but like back your schedule off a little bit right. to give yourself more freedom. Right. But they're like, just keep working because it's going to keep you motivated, keep you up and moving. You know, they're always that telling is, like people that is a real problem right. where, where people retire and they like lose their sense of purpose and they die. Like, right? They'll have heart pretty attacks pretty soon and into stuff. fucking yeah into retirement because they or, just like they just kind of moping around like they don't really know what to do with right. themselves. And so it's just like. That could be part of it too. Is they're just like this is such a has been so big in my life. Right. 
I don't know what I would do without it. Yeah. And that's where some of those coaches, like I think Kubiak, when he was the Broncos head coach, and he stepped down because he wasn't, I think he wasn't feeling good and stuff was going on. And then everyone's like, oh, he's just going to step away from football. And then he's like, well, no, I want to stay in football. And the Broncos are like, well, no. And so then he's like, I'm going to go to Minnesota and be yeah. an offensive coordinator. And it's just like, so you just alleviate, you know, you just have to be doing it. And right, it's just, right. I think that's why you get so many old coaches that are just like, say it, huh? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, well, this dude's 98 years old. We got someone with, you know, a little bit more step in them. And like, this, he's the best coach to ever do it. Right. He's been fucking doing it since World War II. And then, I think with a lot of these franchises, especially like some of the, you know, some of the things that you hear said about decisions like this, where a guy like <sighs> Belichick is, or Pete Carroll is going to potentially retire or the team doesn't really want to keep him around you'll hear like you know maybe he's lost control of the locker room or doesn't command the locker room right. you hear that a lot and like i think there's this delicate balancing act that needs to happen with franchises where you have to decide like do we think that this guy who's been around for 40 years 50 years who has more knowledge about football in his brain he'll probably forget more about football than any of us will ever know right do we think it's worth keeping him around if he's a little bit out of touch now and like doesn't know how to connect with the younger players because i mean that does become a factor at some point right. it's like yes i understand that you are the elder statesman and you know everything there is to know about this game but also like maybe a guy like mike mcdaniel is right. a better be a fit. little bit more innovative someone around. yeah someone a little bit more innovative willing to change their style up can relate a little more you know they're not fucking they could they're not old enough to be their parents Back or their, their, their players grandparents you know what i mean like that's that's kind of weird at a certain point. So there's this like balancing act that needs to happen and I think that's kind of what you know franchises like New England and Seattle were probably having those conversations well, especially say- with New England just because you know if you're Robert Kraft you're like listen I know that for the past 20 something years we've done nothing but win football games and win Super Bowls these last three years have not been very good at all and I don't see this turning around anytime soon so maybe we need to switch things up It'd be better if you go somewhere else. If you want to keep coaching, we're going to go a different direction, and we'll just do it that way. I will say Gerard Mayo came out and tried to fucking make his name as well-known as possible by bringing shit up for football that I don't think should ever be brought up. That's the new New England coach, Mm -hmm. right? And he was their, like, linebacker coach or something? Well, he was a linebacker for them. Like he played for them. Oh, okay. But he was. But like I a, think he was also their linebacker coach this past year or a couple years. That was his most recent posting is a linebacker coach mm-hmm. with them? That's interesting. Because when I saw that, I they was elevated like... elevated him. You, usually you see like the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator gets promoted to be the head coach or whatever. So it's well, interesting I, to be like, oh, a position franchise. coach is now... You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's going to do well. well. I have no idea. And obviously, I don't know if you saw. If he's his... been with the franchise a long time. They have a good relationship with him. There's a lot of those factors as well. But... Uh, I don't know if you saw his press conference. It was, it was just like really. I did not watch the press conference. I I didn't. I don't know what he said. He he just he had to bring race into it and do all this shit about being like how he's you know you know because he's he's a, a black man and he goes you know I've been oppressed and every so everyone just roasts him. They're like oh. I wish I was your oppressed where I had millions and millions of dollars coming into my pocket from playing a sport. They're like, you're so oppressed. Like, so he brought like race and all of this shit. And like, it just got shredded. Todd Bowles, the head coach for Tampa Bay, someone asked him, they're like, so do you see color? And he goes, 
we're here to coach football. He goes, I love all the coaches I've ever coached with or coached against. He goes, I have nothing. I don't see color. I don't think it's something anyone should talk about. We're here to coach football and play football. He goes, so yeah, whatever. Like, I don't give a shit who I'm coaching against. Like we're here to coach. And I'm like, why is this becoming like we're in the playoffs? Like fuck who's hiring as coaches and what that coach is saying. It's irrelevant. That that franchise is now going to be irrelevant. Especially from a team that won four games last year. Right. Like, they're going to be irrelevant. Tom Brady left. They became irrelevant. They got Cam Newton. Cam Newton was irrelevant. He was irrelevant after Super Bowl 50. They got Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Maybe they just weren't in the right system to succeed. Irrelevant. <laughs> like, why are we talking about them? Let's talk about the teams that are doing something this year and succeeding. And it's like... I don't know. It just it pisses me off when it's it becomes all about this whole like, you know, race this, race that, and I'm just like, I thought we were here to talk about football. Yeah. Like, why why can't we just watch a fucking football game without having to see Taylor Swift or hear something about race? Like, <laughs> I just want to see who the race to first place is in the AFC West. Always oh, Chiefs. Go fuck ourselves. Great. Now we have race and Taylor Swift. So, speaking of Taylor Swift, um, Oh, please Baltimore. Someone was uh someone was posting um earlier today. I can't remember where I saw it, but they were like we're now I'm now on like hour 3 of it's uh, I think it was Get Up. Well, it was First Take and Get Up. And they were like they have talked about nothing but the Bills and Chiefs game and is Josh Allen washed or like is is Josh Allen like never able to beat Mahomes in the playoffs, all this kind of shit. Ha- never once they, they they spent like ten fucking minutes talking about the NFC matchup, and I'm like, it, th- there is this weird thing where like the sports networks, especially ESPN, will just latch it's on about to these stories. Yeah, well, that's what it comes down to. But it's like we're now going to spend three fucking hours talking about like, especially my my thing is like if anyone who has an iPhone which is you know all the people and social media <laughs> which is the world which is all the other people we already saw all the fucking memes of Jason Kelsey with his shirt off fucking drinking beers hanging out with Taylor Swift Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes fucking wife hugging and you know celebrating in the booth and all that we saw all the memes we saw all the posts now I don't need to tune into fucking first take and get up on Monday morning and hear you guys talk about it for like four more hours we get it. Taylor Swift's popular. She was at the game. No Meanwhile, one the Lions shit. and Bucks game, and the yeah. they're just like, oh, they 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 had a football game today. Meanwhile, they're like, the Lions oh. have made the NFC Championship for the first time in like eight hundred thousand years. Well, word like, is yeah, who Taylor Swift will be in attendance in Baltimore. Yeah, I was like, oh, like, well, thank God. Now I better tune in. <laughs> I'm super like, I got to get my Taylor Swift tickets now. Yeah, I mean. So do we want to talk about? So are the 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 championship game matchups are set. The AFC Championship game is going to be Chiefs versus Ravens. The NFC Championship game is going to be Lions versus Niners. So the number one overall seed in both conferences makes it to the the conference championship game in both of those. And the number um, and I think there's both three. number threes. Yeah. yeah. So the matchups from this past weekend. Well, let's let's see how we got there first. Let's go back to the wild card round. Oh, you want to go back to the wild card? Yeah, we'll okay, just start okay. with like how the playoffs yeah. started. So obviously. Um, I, I could, I'll do AFC if you want to do NFC. Okay. And the AFC, you had Baltimore obviously finishing finishing first, so they had a bye in the wild card. And this was two weekends ago, um, or it will be two weekends ago. It wasn't this weekend; it was last weekend. So I guess it is two weekends ago. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, so you had Baltimore with the first seed. You had the Bills with the second seed. You have the Chiefs with the third. 
Texans with the fourth, and then it was Steelers, Browns, and Dolphins were the three wild cards. So you had Cleveland at Houston, which I thought was going to be a really good game because Cleveland beat Houston earlier in the year, but Houston didn't have C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback, coming in, it was the pressure too much. That's what everyone was kind of talking about. Plus Joe Flacco and the and the Browns were playing really good football to end the season. Too. Plus you have an elite quarterback in Joe Flacco replacing the other guy. <laughs> Who was at Houston. He who, who shall not be named. He who shall not be named, <laughs> although he's been named quite a few times in the court of law. Um, and I was like, this is going to be a good game. I think Houston might edge him out. I think he's, they're going to have that young, you know, first-time head coach in D'Amico Ryans. Bro, Houston put on a clinic. So it I don't, was it I, was a fucking abomination of a game. So this weekend was the weekend that I didn't actually get to see a ton of the games, but I was keeping track of the scores and everything. And when we were like leaving the house to go do something, it was at one point in that game, it was like seventeen to fourteen Texans. Yeah, it was close. And then the next thing I know, it's forty five to fourteen for the final. And I was like, What the fuck happened? They, they had like two pick sixes and <laughs> that's like, what I heard. Just yeah. bang, 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 yeah. and all of a sudden it just got out of control and they didn't look back and they looked really good. I, I was like, Okay, this is a legit Texans team. Like yeah. they're a good team. And, you know, they made it to the next week and they played Baltimore last week. And yeah. we'll get to that in a second. But then we had Miami at Kansas City, which was I think the third coldest football game or playoff game ever recorded in NFL history. Um, so one, you have storylines of Cleveland and Houston with the injured uh, Deshaun Watson returning to Houston. And then you have Tyreek Hill returning to Kansas City, which I thought was going to be a high-scoring, explosive game. And Miami's offense stayed in South Beach and was just ready for a vacation <laughs> because it was – what is it, 26-7? to seven? Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if Miami cracked like 200 yards of offense. Like it was just – Well, and probably a lot of that was due to the inclement weather as well. It was very, very cold. Right. Kansas well, and Tua's never won a game when it's been below 40 degrees. Yeah. But it becomes one of those things – and people go, this is not football weather. And I'm like, I mean, they didn't play in domes when football was invented. So, yeah, technically it is football weather if you play outside. But – what weather you're playing in, the other team's playing in. So you can't use weather as yeah. an excuse. You just got to adapt. You got to adapt to it, and you got to figure out how to play. And, I mean, of course, Kansas City wins, and we're all sitting here going, motherfuckers, like, <laughs> come on. Just don't allow them to win. And, yeah, so that set up uh, a 26-7 Kansas City over Miami win. And then the last wild card game for the AFC was Pittsburgh at Buffalo. It looked like Buffalo was going to run away with this one, and Pittsburgh hung around, and then Buffalo kind of just pulled away in the end, um, and they won 31-17, which made the matchups Houston at Baltimore and then Kansas City at Buffalo, and that was last weekend's game. So that was the AFC. Okay, NFC-wise, we had a couple of surprising, um, horribly underperforming teams. (laughs) Um, the Packers and Cowboys that played on Sunday, uh, the fourteenth. That game ends up forty-eight to thirty-two Packers. Um, and honestly, you know the <laughs> that, score, that score is not indicative. It's of not indicative. It was not that close. No. The the Cowboys completely and utterly shit the bed. Which you know, again, again, which is like you know much to everyone's satisfaction who says every year when we come into the season that you know fucking Cowboys Nation, this is our year, we them, them boys. boys, yeah, all this shit. And then every year, I, I think they they were saying that 
The Cowboys have not won the NFC Championship, so which means they have not been to the Super Bowl since 1995, I believe is what I was saying. So that was when I was two years old. <laughs> well, think, so, think of this. This is one of the memes I've seen. Detroit, who has had an 0-16 season in this century, because mm. they're going back to 2000, yeah. um, ha- now has more NFC Championship game appearances than the Dallas Cowboys in this century. Wow. And they've had an wow. 0-16 season. Also, they've never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So the Packers just completely shit the bed. Or sorry, the Cowboys just completely shit the bed after honestly what was a really good regular season. Um, you know, this was the year that like I wasn't really holding out too much hope, and and by all means, I'm not a, a Cowboys fan, but I was like, well, maybe this is the year that the Cowboys actually make a run. But I was wrong, and <laughs> so are all of the Cowboys fans. They did what they usually do, and they lose in the wild card round. But next year will be their year. Oh yeah, it's always their. I year. guarantee you, they've <laughs> already gotten their 2024 yeah. Super Bowl chair or whatever, 2025 Super Bowl champion tattoos done. So, yeah, another rough finish for the Cowboys. Um, Another NFC matchup that we had was the Rams versus the Lions. So this was actually a really close game. It ends up being 24-23 to Lions. Um, And I think this was like the Lions' first playoff win, and I don't even know how long. I can't remember the exact I think it was their first home playoff win in like 21 years or something. Yeah, a long time. It's been forever. Um, And this was kind of an interesting matchup because it it featured Matthew Stafford, the quarterback of the Rams, going back to where he made his name for himself playing in Detroit for years and years and years and just absolutely balling out for them for a long time with, like, fucking no one around him other than Megatron. Megatron. That's all you need, though. Um, and then Jared Goff, the, the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, playing against his former team in which he actually won a Super Bowl with L.A. Um, he took him to a Super Bowl, but they didn't win. Stafford oh, won the fuck. Super Bowl. No, that was um, that was they lost to the Patriots like ten yeah. to three, right? Yeah, Stafford he took them to the Super Bowl. Right. That's right. And that's Stafford right. won the Super Bowl with the Rams. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it, we're seeing the two two guys, you know, playing against their former teams. One thing that was really frustrating me about watching this game, and anyone who tuned into the broadcast noticed this, but I was kind of like we were talking with some people and like eating food or whatever, and I would kind of like tune back into the game periodically, and I'd be like. What are the what are they fucking booing so much in the stadium? It was really loud, like louder than it usually is, and it was like very constant. It was just boos, and someone was like, "Oh, they're fucking the Detroit fans are booing Stafford." And I was like, "Those fucking douchebags, booing the guy who all he did for you was throw he for like five thousand yards and fucking thirty five touchdowns a year for like fifteen straight years." Yeah. And all he did was want to win. He just wanted to and win. And had no pieces around him. Now he's with a different team, and you're like, boo. Let's, like, shut let's, the fuck let's up. Let's also not forget that, and I think they showed it on the screen, and I know I'm going to miss pieces, but I'm pretty sure that trade ended up getting Amonra, Sam Laporta, you got Goff, um, like three other big pieces for Detroit all came over in that Stafford trade because of draft picks. Yeah. So it's like... You can't boo a guy who I thought left Detroit on good terms because yeah. he wanted to be there. He yeah. he just wanted to win, though. Yeah. And that's why he went to L.A. because they were like, hey, we're primed to win a Super Bowl. Right. And in his first year in L.A., what did they do? Yep. They won a Super Bowl. Yep. That's what he wanted. That's all he ever wanted to do was win. And, and by, Detroit couldn't fucking figure it out. Exactly. And in doing so, basically guaranteed him spot his spot in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, I, oh, yeah. The guy was already putting up ridiculous fucking numbers that were 
were Hall of Fame worthy, he had just never won the big game, right. and now he, he has it. You can't blame I, – I never blame a guy for wanting to do something <laughs> That would like be that. like if Peyton Manning went back to – when he went back to Indy and he was with the Broncos, them booing him. Yeah, You might have so some stupid. fans booing him, but – the real fans will, would be like, this guy did so much for our franchise. Yes. He won us a Super Bowl. Yes. He took us to another. He did so much for us here yeah. that I could never boo a guy like that. Like, uh, yeah. I have no respect for any fans who do that type of shit. Especially because Stafford wasn't sitting here going like, I want out. I want exactly. out. It was just like, exactly. I want to win and like yes. give me an opportunity. In Detroit, yeah. that's how much Detroit cared about – the franchise cared about him is they were like, listen, we're not in a spot to win now. So we're going to put you on a contender because we want to see you win too because mm-hmm. like we've held you back. Let's be real. Yeah. And he did it. And I don't think there's any bad blood between him, that organization. I think I think the fans are just yeah. dumb. That that's that that part of it pissed me off. I'm happy for Detroit and I'm happy that they got their playoff win and everything, but that pissed me off. I was like, you guys are wrong here. You're and apparently you're- they booed his daughters and they're like like under six years old so or fucking whatever. classless it's just, dude it's that i hate shit like that like if you have any example of an of an athlete who was in one city and played for one franchise for you know over a decade and did nothing but try to win and played really well and tried to get the organization to get pieces around him to win and it just never happened you cannot blame that guy right. for wanting to go somewhere else and get a championship it's like look if your fucking franchise really wanted to win so bad they had this guy on on their team for fourteen fucking years or however long it was. They would have gotten him some pieces to win a Super Bowl. Guess what? Or at they least didn't. compete for a Super yeah, Bowl. They didn't, and he left, well, and he got his Super Bowl. And you, and you, you can't think, boo a guy like for I that. said, he didn't leave on bad terms. Whereas, like you know, here in Denver, we had Melo leave the Nuggets, and he plain out said, "I don't want to be in Denver." Yeah, yeah, it was and a little bit as, different. As a yeah. fan, you're like, "Well, fuck you, then." Like, exactly. We don't then want go you play here. in New York. Yeah, like, we, and, and he hasn't shown up, and everyone's like, "Well, if Melo showed up and just showed appreciation for the Nuggets franchise, I mean, he did turn the NBA around here in Denver." And I'm like, "Yeah," but then he flipped on a dime and was like, "I want to go to New York." Where the, more he money. didn't do a, shit. Either. He didn't do anything there. Yeah. Like he still doesn't have a championship, and now we do. Yeah, and it's like he left on a bad terms. Stafford wanted to stay in Detroit. They right. did, they were like, listen, we're not going to win. Right. And so he left and won. Yeah. Don't blame the guy. Exactly. He didn't KD it up where he went to, <laughs> right. you know, the reigning Western Conference All-Stars. He just <laughs> – he went to a team that yeah. was able to compete and won. And, yeah, yeah he, solidi- he solidifies himself in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. I, that I'm was a, a great game. I did I, love watching That was the game. a great game. And I, I'm a big Stafford fan. I like Stafford a lot. Also, so. this Puka Nakua guy might make Cooper Cup irrelevant. Dude, which is fucking crazy because what was it last year or the year before that Cooper Cup had like the greatest receiving yeah, season? They were like four hundred ninety-eight receptions, like ten thousand yards, yeah. and eighteen touchdowns. Everyone's like, "Do they have someone else?" And like, no, it's literally one on eight, and he catches the ball. <laughs> like, oh, good. Um, and then the other NFC game, the last <laughs> NFC game um, of that weekend that I wanted to touch on was Buccaneers versus Eagles. And the reason why I said at the beginning of this little segment is that we had two NFC teams that completely shit the bed. The other team, other than the Cowboys, was the Philadelphia Eagles. What the fuck happened to the Eagles over the last stretch of their season? (laughs) NFC East was just a flop. Dude, so I was looking back at – are you going to the Eagles schedule? Yeah, I can. I was going to say, so go to the Eagles schedule and let's look at their last six regular season games – and I think they only won one of those games and then lost in so the wild card round. They, they started their season 10-1, and, and yeah. then they went on to get smoked by San Fran at home, 42-19. to 19. Lost at Dallas, 
33 to 13. There's a white background, so I can't see. <laughs> uh, lost at Seattle, 20 to 17. Barely beat the Giants, 33 to 25 at home. Lost at home to Arizona, 35 Who's to 31. Terrible. And then lost at the Giants, 27 to 10, to go to 11 and 6. They were 10 and 1, and they went. They lost five of their last six. Crazy. To then go on into the playoffs and get absolutely demolished by a Baker Mayfield-led 9-8 and Buccaneers who made the playoffs in the last week of the season by winning a game. Dude, what happened to the Eagles to finish their season in their last six, well, I guess seven games, including the playoff game? One of the biggest fucking collapsing jobs I've ever seen. In, in watching NFL football. Well, it, it was wild. People will be like, it's a Super Bowl hangover. I'm like, you don't start a season 10 and 1 if you have Super Bowl hangover. That's what I'm saying. That's Through 11 games, you win 10 of them? Hey, we have an 11-game Super Bowl hangover. Like, we're going <laughs> to right. start losing out. I'd be like, you right. know, no, 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 no. That's your not Super Bowl hangover yeah. lasts like two or three weeks right. maybe, and right. then you find your rhythm again. Well, it just seems like, I don't know, they just became – I talked with Brandon. I'm like, your defense just doesn't look like you can stop anybody. Your offense – like half the time you might be able to throw for 300 yards, but 180 of them have to be to AJ Brown. Otherwise mm-hmm. he's bitching and moaning. And then Deandre Swift is a good running back, but like your O line doesn't seem to be getting the pushes like you did last year. Your best play is a three yard QB sneak every time. <laughs> like, yeah, you have the best center in Jason Kelsey. You have one of the best total offensive lines, but your defense can't stop shit. Your offense doesn't seem to have explosive plays. Jalen Hurts didn't seem to be playing well. And it's like, were there injuries we didn't know about that were just like lingering? Like, did he have a hurt shoulder or something? Or, But, dude, huge fucking collapse. I don't and know what happened to them, dude. That fucking – that's one of those fan like, here in Denver, we're just like – we've been used to disappointment now uh-huh. for the better half of, well, what, eight years now? That they were in the Super Bowl last year. I think they should have won. The refs and the fucking Chiefs colluded and stole it. I agree that um, I think they should have won last year. But going into this year, everyone's like they're a Super Bowl contender. I'm like, I think they really are too. Like nothing and changes. They look like it for a I long think time. they're going to be hungry and they're just going to demolish team after team after team. And then it's just like they just quit. They they didn't want it anymore. It's, it's just, a matter of want. They just didn't want it anymore. I do agree and, that it does seem like the fire went out of them or something. <laughs> like they just stopped playing like they were in the earlier part of the season where, like you said, they felt – it's almost like at the beginning of the season they were playing as if they felt like they got fucked out of a Super right. Bowl. And they were going to prove they're like, something. We're going to just kick everyone's ass and go right. win it this year. Fine. We'll prove the haters wrong or whatever. And then – that just like stopped happening, and then they just started losing to these teams well, that they shouldn't. And apparently, have no business there was like to. rifts in the locker room between Jalen Hurts and teammates, and like, and I'm like, I don't know how much of this is true. I've never been in their locker room. You know, I don't follow Philly news. I go, yeah. I follow ESPN, and that's it. Yeah, as far as outside news sources go. So it's one of those like, I don't know what happened, but you guys had all this hype, all of this momentum. And then all of a sudden you guys just were like, yeah, we just don't care anymore. Like some really of your games weird. are inexcusable to lose, losing at home to Arizona, that Arizona loss. And I'm pretty terrible. sure if I click on it, it's going to tell me that they lost in the last few seconds too. I'm pretty sure. Cause Arizona was fucking terrible this year. So Arizona scored a touchdown. With 32 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Yep. They had the ball. It was a two-minute, one-second drive. 
um, after Philly had just kicked a, a field goal to go up by three, and then Jalen Hurts throws an interception. Wow. And they lose by four. And they lose the by four to Cardinals. a four and 12 Cardinals team. God. Who, I will give it to Gannon, their head coach. The dude <coughs> always had them playing. Yeah. Always had them playing. And, and I mean, they're playing basically all year without their franchise quarterback. Didn't, did uh, Kyler Murray come back towards the end of the season? I think he, he was he, playing, he was playing in that season. game. Yeah. yeah, he was playing, I think, But the they didn't have like him for most of the, of the season. No. But it's like, yeah, that Monday night game, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, holy shit, Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers team, who I didn't have making the playoffs, yeah. are going to beat the Eagles, and they're, they're going to smoke handily, them at home. Handily, and handily, 32-9. So that sets up the divisional round. We want to hop into those games. That, that was last weekend. Right. So the divisional round was last weekend, and we had the Texans at the Ravens. Ravens making their playoff debut. Um, 10-10 going in a half. I go, C.J. Stroud and this Texans team, they're the real fucking deal. Second half started, and it was like Lamar Jackson got the jitters out from the bye week, and the Ravens just put it to him and won 34-10. I think the game was a little bit closer than what that Scored necessarily shows, but the Texans' offense just kind of stalled. And Ravens' defense is legit. They stopped them. They scored. Like Lamar Jackson had a had a really good game. He had well, yeah, four he had total hundred and eight yards rushing or something on like eleven yeah. carries. So I mean that was the first AFC game that solidifies Ravens will have a home game for the AFC Championship game. Um, and then. I'll just do this same day. This is on Saturday. We had the Packers at the Niners. Again, another game where everyone's like, oh, shit, the Packers are about to get smoke steamrolled yeah. in that shit till the end. They they the, were winning going into the fourth quarter and gave 10 say, unanswered fourth quarter points. The Packers honestly should have won this game. <laughs> that that was my impression of missed, watching it. What was it 44-yard field goal? Like just barely wide right? Well, so what, what happened is they – on that drive, they bust out a run that's this giant fucking run. It's like 60 yards or something. It sets up this drive where you're thinking, oh, there's no way they don't score on this drive. And if they score on this drive, this game is within their control, and they're probably going to pull this one out. And then they stall out. They have to settle for a field goal attempt, and then they miss the field goal. And that, that was just – as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, they're fucked. Because then I think they were still winning by – Three at the time. Yeah. I think or four. It was twenty one to seventeen at the yeah. time. But what San Fran does is just take the ball and just methodically run yep. the ball down, down the down, field and fucking like take off like nearly six minutes worth of game time off the clock and score. And you're like, fuck, that's that's it for the Packers. I mean, I think the Packers did get the ball back with like a minute left or something like that, but they they Jordan Love ends the game with a horrible, horrible interception thrown across the field, across his body, right. going five, towards the five sideline. Five-minute, 11-second touchdown drive for San Fran at the end. And then, yep. Devastating, uh, devastating for Green Bay. The Packers got the ball back with a minute seven left. Well, that was the – a minute seven is when the touchdown was scored. So they just yeah. had it just over a minute. I think they had two timeouts, or maybe yep. all three. Yep. And Jordan Love did his best, as everyone's saying, Brett Favre impression, where he yeah. tries to throw across the field, across his body, into like quadruple coverage, where his receiver was just trying to start tackling the DBs, and it was intercepted. And then I'm sitting there going, this dude's going to fumble. <laughs> Dre Greenlaw for San Fran was trying to take it to the house, and everyone's yelling at him to get down. You won yeah, the game. Right. The game's over. And here. he's like down. zigzag. He probably ran like 120 yards <laughs> before he finally got tackled. And – you see his teammates are like, 
dude, just go down. Like, yeah. you got the pick. Go down. We'll take knees. We won the game. It's over. Because so, if you fumble, it's first down. That The reason I said the Packers should have won that game, because if on that last drive late in the fourth quarter, if they score there, if they punch it in, get a touchdown there, I think they win that game. Right, because they don't what's, have to force it. Right. What's so devastating is not only do they not score the touchdown, they also don't get the field goal. And then they just let the fucking Niners drive all the way down the field, burn off all the remaining clock other than a minute, and score a touchdown. It's like, fuck. And then Jordan Love showing his inexperience there, you know, just being a young quarterback. He's Throw the ball away. You, you have, like, two timeouts. It's not fourth down. Right. You're it's, running. It was, it you're was running, first down. Was, yeah, you're running down. towards the sideline, and he decides instead of just throwing it out of bounds or just even running out of bounds, stopping the clock, having another couple shots at it, he decides to just launch it across his body, across the field into triple coverage for a game-losing interception. Let's not forget, like, you just need a field goal to tie right, right. to try and force overtime, so you don't have to force anything. Oh, he, that was a horrible, horrible, horrible throw. He, dude, every time the quarterbacks decision. do that, I'm like, there better be someone wide open, and all of a sudden it's like, uh, just a bunch of the opposing team's jerseys <laughs> converging, and I'm like, no like, one's there. That's the thing about those throws, especially if you're a right-handed quarterback like Jordan Love. You're running to your right, throwing back across your body all the way to the left side of the field. Off unless your back you have, foot. Yeah, off your back foot. Unless you have the world's strongest arm, right. and you're, you're throwing like Josh on, Allen. on a fucking line, There's that ball's going to be in the air way too long, yeah. and those fucking defenders are going to swarm all dude, over that shit. When they showed the angle from like the defender's POV, the ball was like a dead duck Ugh. just floating, and you know that takes the zip off. Yep, yep, it's just hanging up there. And it's a pick, and it's like, that's the throw we expect you to make in a late fourth quarter regular season game, mm-hmm. not in the postseason. Throw it out of bounds, play second down. Yes, like exactly. or, or like you said, run it. Maybe you get a yard or two, right. you go out of bounds, out of play bounds. second down again. Yep. yep. Awful, awful ending. It would have been fun to see the Packers win because as people have been like, well, Matt LaFleur is nothing without Aaron Rodgers. Well, he just smoked the Cowboys and then just almost oh. beat the best team in the NFL, according to everybody. Yeah, so, I was going to say beat hands both down on the, the road. best team in the NFC. Yeah. So it's one of those like, I think Jordan Love's a good quarterback. I do too. He, he's young. He's he's got to go through some of these growing yeah, pains yeah. that Aaron Rodgers didn't allow him to go through. Right. This was his technique. I would call this his rookie year, mm-hmm. and it's like, huh? he's he's Packers? a good quarterback. I and think they got a good defense. I think Jordan Love's going to be really good. I had him in my work league fantasy all year this year. And I had I him like, in fantasy and I dropped him. Ty, I picked him up, and every week after that, it was like three hundred yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> I was like, sick. Yeah, he's good. He put up really good numbers this year. He played good football, so I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback um, for several more years to come, especially as he gains a little more experience. I mean, that that ending situation of that game, that's not something that you see Mahomes do. That's not something that you see in Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. Well, Mahomes would have game. gotten some like defensive holding call there or <laughs> oh, something yeah, yeah, to wash sure. it away. And- but, I mean, you know, that's, that's something that will come with some more experience yep. as he plays in games like that, and hopefully they're back in the playoffs more often so he, he plays in these kind of in-game pressure playoff situations so he, he's able to learn from that. But – um, it just sucks to see them end that game that way because it's like, fuck. I mean, when that game ended, I was like, the Packers should have won that game. They should have fucking won that game. I, that's my thought, too. I'm like, damn, the Packers. I mean, they had every chance. And, yeah. I, and, I, and my thought process was sitting there going, man, if the Lions win, then we would have the Packers-Lions. Yeah, how crazy. And have seen North Showdown to go to yeah. the Super Bowl. Didn't happen. Alas. <laughs> Did not happen. Um, okay, so Sunday last weekend, the 21st, um, the NFC matchup was the Lions and the Baker Mayfield-led Buccaneers, and that game ends up Lions winning 31-23. to 
Um, I think Baker plays a pretty good game in there. He throws a couple of picks, though, I think, which were, were kind of costly in that game. Um, so the Lions are making an NFC championship game appearance, um, like we said, for the first time in like a billion years. I don't know the exact number, but it's been a long time. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Maybe since the 80s? Yeah. Maybe well, I think since uh, like the Barry Sanders days? Yeah, I was seeing something the other day that was saying like, all of the what the world was like the last time the Lions were in the NFC Championship game, and it was like none of the none of Coke. the major yeah, I was like none of the major tech companies were even invented yet. Like the iPhone wasn't around. I don't even think the iPod existed. Um, that like, was that call came out in the two thousands. Yeah, so it was like all this shit. I mean, it's been a long. I think like Jared Goff and all of their other stars that are playing on the team right now were not even born. I think their head coach. Uh, which what's his name again? Um, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Dude, he's probably he was my like favorite head coach in the NFL, like though. Dude, because he's a no fucks. He's like, we're fucking going for it. My team's better than yours, and I believe in them. Yeah, and we're just gonna fucking do it. And he also is he's intense. Built like a fucking tank. That dude's a monster. Um. So yeah, shout out to the to the Lions for making it all the way to the NFC title game. That'll be exciting to see what they 1992. can do. Nineteen ninety two. Wow. It was the last time they yeah. made the NFC Championship. I was not alive the last time that happened. So, um, And then we haven't touched yet on this, but the, the game to end the weekend, <sighs> the Sunday night game, was Chiefs versus Bills, a rematch of – I think they did have like a divisional round matchup in divisional 2021, last, right? Well, divisional was last year, conference the year before. Conference title the year before. So they have had – this is kind of like the new AFC – playoff you know big right. matchup this is the new peyton versus the new brady. yeah everyone's kind of saying like this is the new peyton manning versus tom brady um and unfortunately <laughs> for us broncos fans the chiefs for any football fan <laughs> the chiefs get the nod they win 27 to 24 over the bills yet again you know fueling all the the josh allen haters saying that he can't get over the hump and beat mahomes mahomes i think i saw mahomes is now in his sixth year as the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs and he's going to be playing in his sixth straight AFC championship game which is fucking crazy I mean I, I remember when Mahomes was the year he was drafted I remember him coming out and Dude, everyone was like that's a stretch why did you guys draft they were, this guy you yeah have Alex Smith do you remember you when Gruden had his little uh he had his quarterback um QB trailer Academy or whatever, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah he would bring these quarterbacks in and they would he would break down film and you know he's just being John Gruden and fucking giving him shit and pulling up plays where they made bad mistakes in college games and stuff. And I remember him break. I didn't know a lot about Mahomes at the time. And he's and Gruden's like showing all these plays and he's talking about his arm strength and how incredible some of these throws are. And I'm like, man, this fucking Mahomes guy has got a cannon, but it because was, he played on Texas tech yeah. and they weren't ever good. I think their best season was like maybe six and six or something, yeah. or maybe eight and four. And so it's like, you he, don't know him. Yeah. He wasn't one of the like top touted quarterbacks in, of that class. And then, to see what he's done since then, since taking over as the starter for the Chiefs, is fucking remarkable. I mean, I like Patrick Mahomes just fine. I don't have anything against him. But I just don't like am, his brother. We don't like I'm, his wife. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like his friend Travis. I'm, I'm sick of the Chiefs hype train, and it's now become like, you know, we got rid of Saban at Bama, and hopefully they're going to kind of fuck off for Belichick a little while. <laughs> we got Belichick rid of Belichick and Brady in, in New England. And Brady in New England. Hopefully they'll, gonna, they'll fuck off for a while. This is our new. This is the new thorn in everyone's side is the Chiefs because they're just going to be in it every fucking year, and it's, and now I think this year what accentuated everyone's frustration who is not a Chiefs fan with the Chiefs 
is all of the off the field shit. It's it's the whole fucking Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey thing. It's just, everyone is just so sick and fucking tired of seeing it. All the football fans are. All the all the football people are. I mean, I get from the TV network's perspective, the NFL's perspective, it's just money. why you want to just be constantly showing fucking Taylor Swift and you know bring. So do you all think they're going to try up. and force them it's into all about the ratings. Super Bowl? Well. Uh, if you go back on our podcast feed and you look at a podcast we posted at the very beginning of 2023, it was titled, Is the Super Bowl Rigged? And we were talking about this exact topic from last year. Because wasn't it, it was an AFC championship game thing that happened with them last year before they even got to the Super Bowl. Right, against where, the Bengals. Where we were like, the refs just fucking handed the Chiefs this game. And then something similar happens in the Super Bowl, handing them the Super Bowl victory over the Eagles. Uh, Pesh interference on the guy who touched uh, um, somebody on play one, and we just didn't call it, so we're going to call it now. And everyone's like... And here's what it is. What? Here's what it is. I'm sure there are specific examples we could pull up. I don't have them all off the top of my head right now. But it's a feeling that when you watch these games and the Chiefs are in a position where you're like, oh, shit. The game's tied or they're losing, they might lose this fucking game. If they get the ball back and they're on offense, Something's gonna you go can bet your last fucking dime that if it's third down or fourth down and they're trying to convert and get a first down or they're trying they to push have it into to the end zone, to there's going to be some sort of pass interference call offsides, or offsides holding. or something. Oh, they didn't complete the pass on fourth down, but guess what, guys? Flag on the defense. Let's just go ahead and hand them a first down, give them four more opportunities to win this fucking game. Yeah. My favorite thing is like I'll like I watch the game with my dad, and he goes – and I'm just like, I'll sit there and I'm like, that's fucking holding. Like, you have an edge rusher who's literally free to the quarterback with an arm around his chest, no one but the offensive lineman's behind him, and he can't get there. That's the definition of holding. And there's three people in the fucking screen. You got Mahomes. We'll just go with Von Miller in this example. And whoever the right tackle was, who should have been called for a lot more false stars this year, that's a hold. Yep. That's the definition of a hold. Any other team, flag, hold. 10-yard yep. penalty, you know, replay the down. Patrick Mahomes, no, 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 no. Oh, he looked at him? That's that's roughing the passer. <laughs> you get fucking 14 points. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and because yeah. you got 14 points, we're actually going to give you two more as a safety. You get the ball back. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? It's not make it, take it, get two right. touchdowns and a safety. <laughs> make it, take it? Could you fucking imagine? Oh, How dude, wild would that be in the NFL? Make it, take it, NFL. <laughs> but when you score, you have to then go 99 yards. <laughs> In one play. What would that 70 to 20 Dolphins Broncos game would have looked like if it was make it take it? Like 170 <laughs> to 5. But it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there were that many calls in this game that were, you know, I mean, there was one big call in the middle of the field where they called pass interference on the Bills when the linebacker like put his shoulder into the crossing oh, receiver. I remember that one. I remember and that one. Even the um I can't remember is Gene Steratore, the CBS referee, the ex NFL referee. I hate Gene Steratore. Even he comes on, he goes, Well the rule is if the contact is made while the quarterback still has his the ball in his hands, it's not pass interference because he's not interfering with the receiver trying to make a play. Right. So then they showed the angle and the ball is clearly in Mahomes' hand when the contact is made, and the rest and were like, still make the call. Uh, pass interference, first down Chiefs. And it's like, uh, no, that should be the Bills' ball. Right. And they're like, no, 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 Chiefs, Chiefs' ball, Chiefs' ball, Chiefs' ball. Everyone's like, no, 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 Bills' ball, Bills' ball, Bills' ball. 
The NFL's like, oh, so you Taylor Swift's here. We got the Chiefs to win. Right. So, we wouldn't want Taylor to leave the game sad. Um, and then you leave one, it in the hands of a fucking kicker. One thing that uh, I did want to ask is, why is it that Gene Steratore, the rules analyst expert, who I can't fucking stand, by the way, why was he like the unofficial third commentator of that game? He was basically talking with the commentators like every play every oh, fucking that play should have been a, a i was flag. like why do we have him he's only supposed to get called in when there's a flag right, they're reviewing something. something to come in and be like okay gene explain this to us what's the rule based on these angles what do you think what do you think the refs are going to call and he always just agrees with the refs which is why i fucking hate him he's just oh, annoying. looks like they got it right there yeah and it's like but in this chiefs bills game he was basically like a third commentator he was just talking during the entire fucking game even when there was no flag well, no review play or anything i'm like why do we care what gene's opinion is there was no flag on this play i will say there was only i only disagree necessarily with that one call i do disagree that there's a miss calls on the chiefs of course cuz they're not going to throw a flag i will say if mahomes ever gets touched though it's a personal foul oh yeah um but from the bills perspective Everyone's like, well, Josh Allen this, Josh Allen that. I'm like, what about the 75-yard touchdown that would have been if Stephon Diggs just knew how to catch a fucking football after week nine? I had the guy in fantasy football. He was like a top three fantasy football week nine hit, and the dude's like, I'm going to go play for the Eagles because I don't fucking want it anymore. And it's like he disappeared. He dropped that ball, and I'm like, dude, you scored a touchdown there. The pressure's all on the Chiefs. That play is what he has made a whole career out of, is catching deep passes like that and it was perfect I, i've it always made that perfect. joke i have had stefan Diggs in fantasy several times and he usually finishes the game with like four catches right. but it'll be like for 125 like a, yeah, 125 yards, and two, yards touchdowns. And two touchdowns so it's like he's very like doesn't catch the ball a lot but when he does it's like 75 yards down the field but my those are his thing, plays he needs to make those he, he complains every you know offseason he goes i need to have the ball in my hands more and it's like okay you you are a pretty good playmaker Chance to go to the AFC Championship game goes right through your hands. Yeah. You got to make the play. You want the ball? Yeah. Make the play. Be a fucking playmaker. You didn't make the fucking play. That could have been the touchdown that propelled you guys to beat the Chiefs. That is like the play that you need to make. Right. And it's like, yeah, Josh Allen missed digs on like an under route and said tried to force the ball on the sideline instead of just taking the 10 yards probably, making it an easier chip shot field goal. Your kicker misses a 44-yarder. But it's like, I mean – yeah, the Bills, I think, lost that game more than the Chiefs kind of stole it. And all I know is Lamar's not going to get calls that Mahomes will. Mark my words right now. Watch the game. Lamar will get hit late. They won't throw a flag. Mahomes might get touched, and they're going to throw, like, every ref, like the eight teams of referees that are going to be on the sideline will all throw their fucking flags. The only thing that we can hope for as non-Chiefs fans is that the Ravens just dominate the game and there's no wiggle room at all for the Chiefs to right. win the game. Be like, be like a 15-point lead yeah. with a minute left. It needs to be a two-touchdown or more lead with little to no time remaining or else the Chiefs will probably come out on top. And it's because of what I was saying earlier where it doesn't matter what the situation is in the game. If it's relatively within striking distance, if they're hanging around at all, you're going to start to see calls going their way, putting them in a favorable position to have more shots to win the game. It's the same thing with that Tom Brady got. It's exactly. It's I the mean, same Peyton sort of Manning shit. Peyton wasn't getting some of those calls. Drew Brees wasn't getting a lot of those calls, but Brady got the calls. But Brady was Mr. Poster Boy for the NFL, so you, you run by him and Mahomes breathe a little too now. hard. 
fucking flag roughing the pass or right. a personal foul. And that that's who Mahomes is now. And, yeah. it, and it becomes yeah. one of those, do I think that the Chiefs have the weapons to win? No. Isaiah Pacheco is, is a pretty good running back. Mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice, I think he's going to develop into a great receiver. Travis Kelsey... He he just hasn't been Travis Kelsey of old this he year. He had a good I, game on Sunday. He had a good but, game, but yeah. also some of his catches, he was wide open. I'm like, uh, right. maybe cover him. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is Travis Kelsey. I'm not a defensive player yeah. or anything, but like 87, you probably should always have someone on. Yeah, yeah. Just going to say that. Uh, again, I'm not <laughs> a defensive coach. But that's like what just, are we the Broncos defense? Not yeah, Gordon, not Garden, fucking, fucking tight ends. Or yeah, Gronkowski and Kelsey just lived on the Broncos. If if, <laughs> if any tight end ever plays the Broncos and it's a good tight end, bet they're over. Oh yeah, just hundred yeah. percent receptions yeah. and yards. Bet smash the over. Yep. Just fucking hammer it. Yep. But yeah, so the Chiefs fucking won in another disappointing uh, playoff game, setting up a Chiefs at Ravens and a Lions at. 49ers so that's where we stand going into this upcoming weekend um so those games both will be on sunday the 28th yep if the nfl doesn't interfere (laughs) i would i think the ravens win i really hope so man and then i I don't think the nfl necessarily cares who comes out of the nfc but i think america wants the lions to i think they're kind of america's team right now yeah so I would like to I would like it to be the Lions versus the Ravens. And I would prefer I want the Lions to win. I mean, they've never won a Super Bowl. I have nothing against the Lions. I would prefer not to have the 49ers win, although I've played Christian McCaffrey in Little League, you know. I was friends with him on Facebook <laughs> back in high school. What can I say? I'm, oh, back I'm in a, high school. I'm I was going to say so it, you and like thousands of other people, I'm sure. No, nah, I was a big deal You're, back You were then. on we the were, ground floor. We were friends back in high school on Facebook. Well, Sam played against Christian in high school for a couple years there. and I play, We played against his brother, Max. Yeah, yeah. I actually played basketball with Max for a couple years. Um, so it would be cool to see him win. He's a good guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. fuck his dad, but he's a good guy. <laughs> um, and I don't mind, you know. I don't really mind the, the the Niners. I think it'd be a good slap in the face of the Broncos, who didn't even want to interview Kyle Shanahan. Um, but yeah, dude, fuck the, the Chiefs. Just Ravens win, please, and then I right, don't care right. about the other three. Like that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Do not put the Chiefs in another fucking Super Bowl that the refs are just gonna fucking shaft whoever comes out of the NFC. But here's the thing, though. Do you think? That having the Chiefs in the Super Bowl with Taylor Swift in the stadium live watching, rooting for Travis Kelsey, that's too juicy for the NFL to not. That, that's why I said if up. it's not rigged, I yeah. mean, the nice thing is is they're not at home. Well, that's that's why I'm saying I but, just I just want the Ravens to just fucking handle them the whole game. But the I need it to be like a that they, two touchdown plus lead with like a minute to go, right. or else things are gonna start looking they're gonna start looking a little fucky. But the thing is, the NFL picked a referee crew who throws more flags on the home team. And it's like a known statistic that he Uh, will throw more flags on the home team than the away team. Well, And it's like, everyone's like, why do you pick these guys? I don't think they're deserving of it. If the game is within reach and the Chiefs have the ball, I guarantee you, you will will see a defensive penalty that gives the Chiefs more downs. And then when they show the replay, everyone's going to be like, you're going to hear Romo go, I don't know about that one. I don't know. Because <laughs> he always does that. He goes, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that one. And it's like, I don't know about any of them. But, yeah. you know, hey, you didn't call fucking holding when he tackled his the, – they're like, no, nah, I didn't see him tackle the edge rusher. It's like, he's right in front of you. <laughs> you would see him if the edge rusher tackled Mahomes, though. Right, right. 
And they're like, yeah, that would, he would have probably hit him too hard. Let's just hope Lamar comes out and has like a fucking all-world game. Just 400 yards yeah. rushing, 400 yards passing. Just balling. Mahomes gives is him no sideline. shot. Yeah, gives him no fucking shot. Maybe maybe Mahomes will like stub his toe or something and be like less mobile and like limp. Well, didn't he have field. that last year and he was limping around that ankle yeah, yeah, and that then ankle everyone injury. got their dicks all hard over the fact that he was fighting through the ankle injury. Yeah, and then too, he had like a fifty-four like, yard run yeah. and I'm like, oh, your ankle must be <laughs> yeah. real hurt, my guy, real fucking hurt. Yeah, that's true. He did have that like fucking super long. Which okay, and he I like, was made actually, multiple cuts on. He's like, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> I was actually asking Taya. We were watching this past weekend, and he fucking scrambled out of a, a potential sack situation and like got a first down. And he like juked a couple of guys out. And I was like, "Is it just me, or does Patrick Mahomes not seem like he would be that hard to tackle? Like, what is it about him that is so fucking shifty that people can't? And, and the he doesn't way he, look like he's running that fast, and he doesn't look like he's cutting that the hard way he either. People are just too. like flying by him somehow. Like, like, you know, you see a running back and most receivers tuck the ball to protect it. Dude, these quarterbacks run it. Not Josh Allen. They're just like holding it to the Josh side Allen and they're like going like fuck. this. He just holds it out here and yeah, he's just like running right at the fender, like yo, stresses hey, me out, hey, dude. look what I have. Look what I have. Out. And he's like, ha 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 ha. And then it gets poked out. Yeah. And fucking he loses Mahomes the game. does that too all the time, and it's like just someone smack his arm. Yeah. Like break his elbow. He's yeah. gonna drop the ball and pain. He did that little like pump fake thing with the ball, like he's fucking. He's shooting like eighteen hoops. yards downfield, and yeah. he does that, and the the defender's like, ooh, and it's like, bruh. If he, he throws can't the ball, throw the ball. He can't, yeah, he can't throw it here. It's a penalty. Like, when he does that, hit him in the ribs. Yeah, break his fucking clavicle. <laughs> hit him. Oh, it's a flag. But yeah, but Mahomes is out for the rest of the game. So <laughs> who's the winner? And I, I like I said, I like Patrick Mahomes just fine. I just think he has been kind of anointed by the NFL as the poster child, and they're just going to do everything they can to ensure that he wins games. Oh yeah. And now this year, what makes me really nervous is now this year you have the whole Taylor Swift thing to it. Because like it's the Super Bowl, it's the biggest sporting event, it's the biggest entertainment event of the calendar year. It's the NFL throwing the Super Bowl. They're they're gonna pass up an opportunity to have fucking Taylor Swift, apparently the, the world's star. greatest musician ever, but based on her fucking ticket sales and concert dating thing the best this. friend of the world's greatest quarterback right, ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the NFL's rigged. And they can just um, be like every fucking three seconds cutting up into the booth, showing the Kelsey family and everyone being so happy oh, together. And if like, they okay. make it though, I hope they like they play the the Niners and it's just the Niners having like one of those Niner days where they're just demolishing them. <laughs> and they show them up there and there's just no smiles going around. I'd be like, yeah, fucking you guys suck. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I know you didn't have to pay for your fucking tickets, but imagine you guys if Taylor suck. Swift was scheduled to play the halftime show at the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs were in the AFC oh. title game. They, and, that'd and they be, a, they'd be a shoo-in. sitting on the bench. <laughs> just like clapping. Everyone's like, dude, as soon as he runs by me, we're throwing a snowball at him. Even though we're in a dome. That was funny that, that those uh, that those Bills fans, after the, the dude, Chiefs won, Mahomes ran over there to go like give something to a fan on the sideline. Yeah, he he gave someone, two, two young fans like gloves the, or whatever. The and fucking like, Bills fans are throwing fucking snowballs at him. Well, dude, the oh, Chiefs came man. out and were like, that's not acceptable. You shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, well, maybe don't fucking taunt 60,000. I was going to say, you guys were taunting the Bills fucking, fans. Let's, let's be what, real. Is Buffalo honest. considered Western New York? Like, Maybe don't taunt 60,000 Western yeah. New Yorkers who are notorious for being one of the rowdiest yeah. fan bases. They're literally their fan base NFL. is called the fucking mafia right like what are we talking about here? so like when you're like waving at them and yeah. taunting they're gonna them throw and, some snowballs at you nine feet of snow around yeah. them you're gonna get fucking pelted yeah. you should be happy that it's only snowballs right. 
just fucking like batteries in them now. Just, <laughs> yeah. just like getting pegged and everyone's like, they threw a battery at me. I'd be like, I was going to say, they were the, don't those fans were the ones who shoveled all the snow. They could have fucking hid shit in the snow piles before the game and then rolled them up into snowballs. Just frozen snowballs. <laughs> just, uh, just hit with an ice ball. <laughs> everyone's like, hey, there's 60,000 of us. They're not going to kick us all out. Right. What can they do? There are at least 30,000 of us on this side just bombard their bench and in the middle of the play, it's just like getting drilled by snowballs. Oh, man. They'd be I, like, that's a personal foul on Josh Allen. Everyone's like, yeah, it's halftime. Josh Allen's disqualified. <laughs> um, I, I do feel bad for Josh Allen and the Bills because they, they do seem to be hitting this hump every year of the, of the fucking Mahomes and Chiefs machine, and they just can't get past it. The one that was fucking devastating to me was the one like two years the ago, overtime the one. overtime one. The greatest game oh that God. any of us ever watched. I felt probably. so bad for Josh Allen because it's like in that game, what can he do other than what he did, which was take his team down the field and score with like basically no time left. And then his defense is like, hey, in overtime, we're just going to let them <laughs> score a touchdown on like the second play. Yeah, we'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll give up a fucking touchdown with 13 seconds to go. And you're like, okay, sick. This is fun. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna bet on the Chiefs to win because every time I bet against them, they win. So maybe if I bet for them, they'll win. And then I want the Lions to win. I want the Lions to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if their defense can stop the 49ers. They've kind of struggled through their first two playoff games. I mean, they've won, but they have not won like they're not a good road team either. Yeah, this year. And then there's the Ravens that it's like. Could this be the year Lamar breaks through? Yeah. Because it, it is the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, but it's like right. we are forgetting Lamar has won an MVP. Yeah. He's just a, not a slinging it like those two. But then again, Josh Allen is like breaking records for QB yards too, rushing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. dude, if Lamar could just stay healthy and run the ball, like, and, and that's what they're good at. They're good at running the ball. The Chiefs in the first half gave up a lot of yards on the ground. Run the ball, keep Mahomes on the fucking sideline. You have a good defense, keep them rested, healthy, and just please beat the fuck out of the Chiefs. Please. <laughs> please. Please, please, please. I'm uh I'm pulling for the Ravens. I hope the Ravens win that game. And then I don't like I said, I don't really care. It would be cool to see Detroit win the NFC title. Um and then <sighs> I don't care if who the Ravens if it's the Ravens. As long as Lions. it's not the Chiefs. Either one. Yeah, it was kind of how it's I, not the Chiefs. It was kind of how I felt about the college football playoff. I was like, as long as Bama doesn't win, yep. I literally any I was of like, the other three teams. As long as Bama teams, or Texas doesn't win, <laughs> like any of Texas. the other three teams could win. I don't give a fuck. Fuck Bama. The the NFL is the same way. Fuck the Chiefs. The other three teams, I don't I don't care. It's, it, it, I, any of the three of them could win. I'd yeah, be happy. Yeah, I'm I'm just at the point where it's like, I can't stand the Chiefs. They get all the calls. It also it's just, like it extra sucks for us because they're they're in division rivals. Right. So it's like just watching well, and, them and, have so much. And success they've been irrelevant until year. Mahomes got there. I know, I know. So That's the like, thing is they really were not a good team for a long time, and the Broncos enjoyed some successful windows. And well, there. I don't know if I sent it to you guys in the Instagram chat because like I sent one thing and then there's like seven thousand posts that get sent and then like nine thousand comments and I'm like, dude, I can't remember what I sent like thirteen <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> That's why I send shit at two thirty in the morning because I'm like, no one, no one's gonna cover this shit. Um, it was like a maybe I sent it to a friend in text. The color of the Super Bowl logo, oh, the yeah. last three Super Bowls has been spot on for LVI in LA. It was the logo was a orangey red top with a yellow bottom, and it was the Bengals versus the Rams. 
And these logos are already out. Like this isn't yeah, just like yeah. people making. Last year in I think it was in Miami last year. It was a greenish top with a red bottom. It was the Eagles Chiefs. This year it's a reddish top with a purplish bottom. So people are like, is it the 49ers Ravens? Because that would be red and purple. Or is the purple supposed to be a mix of red and blue and it's Chiefs Lions? Hmm. I don't know. I think people are reading into that pretty far. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it, maybe but, that but is true. Look Who how knows? suspicious that would truly be. Like, that's fucking weird. That it's is kind of weird. weird. It's, Especially it's, the Bengals Rams one. When you look at it, you're like, wow. And who picks red or you know, orangey red and yellow? Like, well, did you see the other thing? Speaking of like weird NFL conspiracy, is it scripted sort of things? Did you see um, someone took a screenshot of their like local coverage or whatever, and it was saying who was going to be? It was like it was like Re- Ravens, Re- Reba McIntyre, Usher, and so and so play at the Super Bowl, and then they like said what like, the, the Ravens was. Beat it was like the Ravens 49ers. defeat the Niners or something like that, yeah. and it was like, uh oh, did the NFL leak their script or something like that? And I'm like, that kind of stuff is really weird to see. You're like, huh, what's going on here? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's a big conspiracy, like rabbit hole to jump into but like you see things like that and you go as if the logo is made before the playoffs it kind of becomes one of those like that's kind of weird right right and it's like you know it some of the stuff that happens during the season and in games you're like that's kind of fishy well and that was something we brought up during our sports betting episode of like some of the things that are happening now are starting to look a little fishy, especially when you see something like that happen and then they immediately cut to a fucking sports gambling website commercial. And you're right. like, and like, we're the official partner of we're the, the NFL. And you're like, partner. Huh. How much Weird. money is the NFL getting? <laughs> They're like, they get 90% of all money bet and lost on their games. And it's like, oh. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a little weird. And that's why I said on that podcast, I don't, I don't gamble on sports because it just seems. It's too fucking unpredictable, and then especially nowadays where it seems like it may be being influenced here and there. I'm like, I don't want to be putting air, air quotes around the maybe. Yeah, right. It is allegedly, allegedly. No, that shit's a hundred percent. And they're looking at the money going right now, and Vegas is like, we cannot have Detroit win. We can't have them. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, we want Detroit to win. You yeah. guys probably had them at like plus twelve hundred or something. Yeah. They're like, we got to force the Chiefs to win. We'll, we'll lose money, but not as much. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, anything else that we missed covering? I feel like we, we touched on all the stuff I want to talk about. We put the cap on the college football season, talked about some of the head coaching changes. Same thing, head coaching changes in the NFL, talked about the playoffs. Our, playoffs? Con- our conference title games are set. Playoffs? And we'll see who. who Go everyone but the Chiefs. Yeah. If the so Chiefs- I guess. The next time we we record might be it might be between now and the Super Bowl. Well, we'll so definitely we, we do might, a Super Bowl episode yeah, at some we, point. We just might to know it. we might know the results of these games before the Super Bowl, or we might be recording after the Super Bowl already happened. So, depending on when you're listening to this, you might already know the results, and you might be like, so, "Ha you fucking idiots!" So Chiefs g- won the whole thing again. <laughs> so, give us your championship picks as yeah. well as your Super Bowl picks, and I'm gonna go with Ravens Lions Lions winning because that's just what I want. Do I think that's going to happen? No, the NFL is going to force the Chiefs in, but I'm going Ravens, Lions, Lions winning the Super Bowl. All right. here I'm calling my shot right now. Ravens, Lions, and it's a fucking Harbaugh 2024. Harbaugh wins the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson gets the Super Bowl, and both the Harbaugh brothers win the big fucking title game in 2024. Goff shows the haters up. 
<laughs> He's gonna do it. So we'll see. I'd be happy with that. I'd also be. I wouldn't be mad if it was Ravens Niners. Um, anybody but the Chiefs. Yeah. Again, exactly. anybody but the Chiefs. Yeah. Fucking throw the Raiders in. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Bring them all out of fucking vacation. And th- throw them in. I don't care. But but yeah. We'll be back with another episode either next week-ish or after. Well, because the Super Bowl, there's still like a week between. They get like two weeks. So we'll yeah, have an episode. Yeah, a two-week gap or something. So we'll, we'll have an episode yeah. before the Super Bowl. It probably won't be on football. We'll probably just wait till after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll think of something, and we'll we'll get it up for you. Yeah. So hopefully back on a more regular schedule now in 2024. We had kind of like – we had like a month-long gap there over the holidays. Things got kind of crazy, but – We're back, so we'll be pumping out regular content. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, We appreciate all the support, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. All right, see ya.